Welcome to this podcast from Wilkesboro Baptist Church, where we are on a mission to lead our neighbors and the nations to follow Jesus. Uh, Dr. Norman Geisler, as far as I know, once uh, shared this about himself, that he was speaking at a conference, and after the conference, a lady came up to him and says, "Uh, Dr. Geisler, uh, just thank you so much for your superfluous message. And he said, oh, thank you very much. And he, she said, well, I'd like to get the notes on it. Will you be publishing them soon? And he said, well, perhaps posthumously. And she said, I hope it's soon. <laughs> <clears throat> there was a, a man who was in <clears throat> uh, conference talking to this lady one time and she said well do you get nervous before you speak and he said uh, uh, well maybe yes why, why do you ask he said she said I wondered what you were doing in the ladies room <laughs> and the last last opening ditty is that uh, the cartoon I like a lot is, is a picture of an operating room and there's a person lying on the operating table. Lots of doctors around. And there are butterflies that are coming up out of the midsection of the patient. And Captain reads, he was right. <laughs> what I'd like you to do is, I'd like you to be in groups of two or three. So one idea I had was to start numbering from the left of your row to the right and count off one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Go ahead and do that now. Count to, okay, now the odd numbered people will be the first person in the group, and the even numbered second person after that would be the second person in a two person group. If there are three people in your, in your group, uh, you can either move to another row or call it a three person group. I want to look at uh, Psalm 100. I have a warm-up quiz for you. And you can discuss it with your... I'll give you just a few seconds to discuss it with your partner there. Question number one is, how many books are in the Bible? 66, that's right. And the second question, how many books are in the Old Testament? Of course, that would be 39. Very good. And the next question is, what memory aid can we use to help us remember how many books are in the Old and New Testament? You could say that there are three people in the Trinity. Three times three is nine, so that would be 39 books in the Old Testament. And three times nine is 27, so there would be 27 books in the New Testament. If we had a a regular Bible with no fancy material in the back and open it in the middle, to which book would we open it? Psalms. Excellent, excellent. How many chapters in the book of Psalms? 150. Excellent, excellent. And how many books are in the book of Psalms? Answer is five. Five books. And book five contains chapters 90 through 106. 
Let's look at Psalm 100 for a while. It says, a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Let's go back and start with verse 1. It says, a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. If we want to talk about a concordance and look up an audio, this is a concordance. Uh, this is written by Dr. James Strong, primarily for King James uh, translation. But it's, it's, you, it's the key for a lot of uh, the numbers that you see in the concordance online. I'd like to look at, James Sylvan recommended uh, look at the Blue Letter Bible, so I'm going to recommend that one for something to look at. You may have one that you like better, but in case you hadn't had an opportunity to see an online concordance, I wanted to explore it a little bit with you. It's blueletterbible.org. If you want to look it up on your phone, you should be able to get to it uh, as we talk. So in the, in the Blue Letter Bible, there's a, a space to type a verse or words or topic. You could type something like Psalm 100 or praise or... Um, Anything you're looking for, you can't remember exactly how a verse goes. Sometimes you may be a verse that has uh, some words in it that you thought were one way, but are not exactly that way. So you have to try several times sometimes to get find the verse you're looking for. And it's helpful in conversations when you're talking with people and they say, uh, what, where is that verse in the Bible? You can do the look in the concordance and use a few keywords that you remember and you can tell them where it's found. That's been helpful to me a lot. So let's pretend like we typed in Psalm 100 and we'll go to, we'll see what the, the verses are in Psalm 100. You see that it has a, a lot of things across the top. If I look at the right side, it has a place for audio Bibles. Uh, I like, and they click on that and you see some of the Bibles that are listed. Uh, my wife and I have been reading through the Bible in chronological order, which means it skips around a lot. So we use the version uh, plan and like that a lot. But it, I like to listen to the Bible um, on Blue, Blue Letter Bible. So I hear it and I read it in my own copy of Scripture. And uh, that helps with pronunciation lots of times and helps keep me on pace. And that's just the tip that I want to pass along. 
If we go back and click on the reference number, it's just to the left between the word tools and the verse itself, then that takes us to a interlinear Bible. In the interlinear Bible would look something like this. In the interlinear Bible, we have the Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic and English intertwined. And they are, it's a helpful tool for studying the Bible. They have the Strong's numbers that I mentioned in there as well. Notice that if you move your cursor of your or mouse cursor over the <clears throat> one of the words in in the in the Hebrew, and notice that the Hebrew reads from uh, right to left. It's a little bit different from what we're used to, isn't it? I was thinking about the idea that. In Hebrew, they thought they were right, but they were not right. And uh, I guess you'd say left. And then, but in Greek, it goes from, from left to right. And so we know that Jesus brings us from the wrong to the right. And <clears throat> you can see the, the Hebrew text listed about a third of the way down on the screen in your blue letter Bible. And you can see that it has a little audio there. You can click on the audio button and it'll tell you how to pronounce the word if you wanted to know <clears throat> how do you say it. It also has the Hebrew and then the transliteration of the Hebrew and then the Strong's number. In this case, uh, one thing I observed is that the phrase, a psalm of thanksgiving, or a psalm of giving thanks, is part of the text. I always thought when I saw those headings that they were just printed in there by the publisher, but actually that's part of the text in, in some cases. Now, if you go on down a little bit further to where the verse starts, it's, uh, it starts out, Shout joyfully. Now notice that it, it says NASB, even though we're using, we think we're looking at ESV, and that's because there, I won't, it's a long discussion, I won't get into a whole lot of it, but the King James is based on uh, a manuscript, and then the, there are several other versions of the Bible which include. NIV, ESV, and uh, NLT that are based on another set of manuscripts. And they uh, focus on NASB as being kind of a key, a key a version that goes with the ESV. So if we look at the, if we click on that Strong's number for Shout Joyfully, we see that it is a verb, ru'eh, and that, that reminds us of the uh, word ruach. And uh, when I was in college, I went to uh, a State Baptist Convention meeting, and it just happened to be the same city where I was, 
gentleman stood up and gave a presentation on the words spirit and soul and how they were used in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It's just a wonderful, a wonderful presentation. So that I happen to remember that this ruach it sounds a lot like ruach, which means uh, breath or or spirit. And if you look at the definition, it means to shout or raise a sound or cry out and give a blast. So that verse could read instead of make a joyful noise into the Lord, it could say shout joyfully into the Lord and give us um, uh, a different perspective on the verse. If we look at uh, then the on down the page a little bit more to the earth, notice it's yellow in the in the Hebrew and yellow in the verse itself. If we look at that, that's the word Eretz, and it means land or earth. So you might wonder to yourself, why is it that uh, the there are other words that could be used like people or uh, individuals or something? Those are words that could be used, but it talks about the, the land or earth. Well, you know that the Bible says that if the people don't sh cry out, then the, the rocks and the hills will cry out. So it could mean all, all of nature, people in, and I'm not sure how that works, but I'm, I'm sure it does. Let's go on to verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And I thought about the Baptist on Mission. There's a website, Baptists, it's plural, B-A-P-T-I-S-T-S, on O-N Mission. M-I-S-S-I-O-N dot O-R-G. And that's, that's separate from the State Baptist Convention, in case you didn't know. It uh, it's, includes men and women. It originally was Baptist men, but now it's become Baptist on men. So it's men and women. And we're allowed to serve. They have a missions offering every year. And all that offering goes to support the Baptist on mission. They, they may get a little gift from the state missions offering of State Baptist Convention, but it's all more or less self-supporting. I wanted to talk about a few things, that, two opportunities. Dr. Hefter mentioned one is that our mission trip to Guatemala and also to Haiti, uh, excuse me, El Salvador are some mission, uh, mission opportunities. Then there's the Vermont flooding there's the Hurricane Florence rebuild. I've been down there two or three times, and it's a, they have a little place to stay. We have bunk beds, and they'll feed, feed you meal, and you can go for a day or two or three days, or you can go for a week. You can go by yourself, or you can go with a team of people. Also, there's the Haywood County flooding a relief effort. It's a Ukraine crisis effort. There's a disaster relief training, and that's normally done in the early part of the year, like March, April, May, maybe some of June. And they they trade off every year. One one year it's one three five seven and nine, and next year it's two four six eight ten regions. We're in region number seven, and 
another thing is deep impact missions. We've had the deep impact mission here at the church, and uh, a lot of our young people were participated in it, and it was a good time. Then the, we have the regional rallies. There will be another one coming up on August 24th at Greater Vision Baptist Church, not too far from here in Millers Creek. And it uh, be about, I think it starts at 545, and it's free meal. But they talk about these things that I'm talking about right here. And they have uh, some um, wonderful presentation or testimonies and things. Another thing is Appalachian, um, Appalachian Coalfields Ministry, and they also have a magazine on their website. I just very quickly go through, I think there are about 17 different ministry trainings that you can get if you go to the disaster relief training. One is the admin, another is assessment, another is chaplaincy, Child care, communications, crew chief, drivers, feeding, forklift, logistics, maintenance, medical reserve corps, recovery, and shower and laundry. I've been trained in feeding and in chaplaincy and in uh, disaster recovery. But my, all my uh, training's expired now. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> they still let you go from time to time. And you can get renewed by going back for a weekend. It's a weekend, usually Saturday. It used to be Friday night and Saturday. Now it's just Saturday for the uh, training. You could, so you, you can't say, I don't know how to do anything. They can train you. They also have a a training for construction training, and I failed to write it down. I think it's September, October for uh, our Shelby Mission Camp is the closest mission camp from here, and you can go there, and they have bunks, bunk beds, and food, and and they'll let you go out in the community and work again by yourself, or if you want to take a group of people with you. Let's go into verse three. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We're his people and the sheep of his pasture. I just want to share a brief testimony. When I was a young fellow, I grew up, and my parents took me to church, and I had what I call a Sunday school faith. It was very shallow. I just knew what, knew what I'd learned and heard in Sunday school. <laughs> I couldn't defend my faith because I went to a religion class, and they told me Jesus didn't know who he was. And I went to anthropology class, and they told me that people descended from animals. And then I went to philosophy class, and they told me that uh, there are three reasons for the existence of God, and one reason against the re existence of God, and he believed the one against the re uh, reason for God. So... I was just all messed up. I didn't. I couldn't defend my position as a Christian. And I later read a book called "Who Says God Created?" And uh, lo and behold, some of the very things that had been stumbling blocks by, presented by the professors turned out to be real uh, building blocks toward my faith and uh, learning to, that uh, God did create the world and. 
all that is in there. Some questions that we may encounter, and uh, this is a real situation, that I, and I'm going to answer several questions at one time. As a Muslim fellow that came to our house with one of our sons, and he was asking some of these questions, but uh, he, he said that there are many religions in the world. How do we know that Christianity is the one? So I went on to explain that uh, I'm getting some of this from Doc, Dr. Robbie Zacharias, who got honorary doctorate degree, but anyway, he said that all religions ex uh, claim exclusivity, meaning that uh, for example, uh, Muslims say you have to believe that Mohammed was a prophet and some other things like that. And Buddhists say you have to believe so many things about their, their religion. And uh, if you go on down the line, uh, they all claim exclusivity. Just like we, uh, some people complain, Christians say, why do you say that Jesus is the only way to heaven? That's the exclusivity that we have. We know that other religious leaders are not only dead, but uh, if they had never lived, it wouldn't make any difference. He said he, he talked to a Buddhist and he said, if Buddha had never lived, would it really make any difference? And the guy said, and the Buddhist said, no. And he talked to a Muslim, he same similar question, if, if Mohammed had never lived, would it make any difference? And the, and the Muslim said, no and on down the line, but we know that if Jesus had never lived, it would make a huge difference. Uh, not only uh, because we now have B.C. and A.D., but also because our lives have been changed. And he, he overcame death. Other religions show us how to get to heaven by doing good deeds, but Christianity shows us how to get to heaven because of what Christ did. Now let's go on to verse 4. Entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. What I'd like to do now is remember the groups that we had earlier. I'd like you to get in your groups of two or possibly three. I'd like you to share a prayer concern and then the other person pray for that prayer concern and then switch. Okay, on your mark, set, go. Now, if you will, uh, in your still in groups of two or three, and if you don't have a group of two or three, go, feel free to join with another one. Uh, I'd like you to say, uh, since prayer, something you're thankful for in your group. On your mark, set, go. I believe everyone's about through. <clears throat> we move on to verse 5. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I wanted to share the story of Happy Gillespie. <clears throat> He's... Uh, in an African country, and he uh, felt unloved. His father was a polygamist, and he kept telling him that he was no good. And his, he went to live with his mother for a while, and he threw a rock and hit a chicken and killed it, 
his mother said he was no good. And as he grew up, his feelings of being no good overwhelmed him, and he wanted to do himself in. One day, he got a noose to put around his neck, and he pulled the table up so he could get the uh, table up under the place where the noose was, and lo and behold, something fell off, a book fell off the table. It was a Gideon Bible. And he picked it up, and he turned to the book of Psalms, and it said, if my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. And Happy Gillespie took hold of that verse and became a Christian. So God's word can speak by itself, or it can be preached. It can be received in lots of ways. In conclusion, we've seen how to use some tools for Bible study. We've observed some opportunities for service. We prayed, prayed for one another, and we've worshiped the Lord. And I have a renewed appreciation for what Dr. Hefner does every week. Amazing. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. And thanks my assistant up here, Sandra. Craig, sometimes I wonder, too. Um, Tam, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you being here tonight, worshiping with us. Um, Steve, uh, Melton, if you wouldn't mind, would you make your way up here and close us out in a word of prayer? And I'm going to ask Tam to join me out, out front, and you can come by and speak to Tam. For those of you gentlemen that serve to, to kind of fill out the evaluation forms, if you'll hand them to me as you leave, and I'll pass them along to Tam next week is Jeff Mitchell. Jeff is going to share with us next week, and uh, you pray for Jeff. Um, pray, for, pray for him. I can't remember who's the week after that. That's Peter Schmitz. Peter Schmitz the, is the week after that. So, uh, Steve, if you'll come, and then Tam, you and I can walk out. Thank you all for being here tonight. Let's, let's bow our heads as we pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this beautiful day that you've blessed us to be a part of. We praise you for your greatness. We thank you for your many blessings. And Father, we're so thankful for Tam and uh, his testimony and his witness and the way he serves you, Father. I just pray that you'll bless him in all of his endeavors. And thank you for this opportunity to here at midweek to study your word, and to strengthen our faith so as we go back out into the mission field, we can serve you, Father, and we can share the good news with others. Thank you for this special time together. We're so thankful for our church, this church family, and what it means to us. We're so thankful for the wonderful things that are happening here at Wilkesboro Baptist Church. 
We just ask your blessing upon each family, each unit that makes up our church family. And we just pray, Father, that we will put you at the center of everything that we do. And I pray, Father, that you will help us to serve you in a way that you will be pleased and honored. Be with us the remainder of this week and bring us back together on Sunday to worship you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.